With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. <laughs> That's something you normally want to do, like, in the locker room. You don't want to be struggling putting on your, your junk on the field, right? Well, no, it's never good to be struggling putting on your junk anywhere. I mean, you'd like your junk to be already attached when you go out in the field, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, baby. We got two guys here. Our junk is attached, and this will not be a junky podcast. I know that. We got some great stuff, some high-quality health food. So All yeah. right, for our what topics today. I don't know. Do. Junk, junk food. I don't know what the hell I'm saying. So that, that line was not from the podcast last time. It was from Kristen Ahmed Look at Pictures. Yes. Where did it make it to the pictures? It did. No, wow. it did. Kristen put it in. Wow. Remember at the end? Way to go, Kristen. At the end, you said, none of this is going to make the podcast. We challenged Kristen. We were like, put it in. Right. You know, because it's her neck on the line, not ours. Uh, you know, if, if we get in trouble, we just go, Kristen should have taken that out. Well, Kristen is not, she's fearless. I know she'll she put it in. Fearless. I don't worry she about did. her. Yes. And then if she does take it out, it's only to save our butts. I thought that was, that didn't cross the line. It didn't cross the and line. And if you're going to give me pictures that are sexually provocative and well, sayings that are like that at yes. times, yes. What do you expect? That's where we have the disagreement, though, because I feel that anything I say, you can take in that direction. It's a rare talent that you have. Thank you. But Thank you. it doesn't matter what I say. And so, so you can go watch that. Can, That's on YouTube. Okay. Uh, we just look at pictures and, and talk about junk. And be uh, silly. Uh, on this podcast, we break down football. We do. And this is why I like getting into the actual games and the season with you. Because yeah. on Mondays, we go through every game. We'll do some deep dives. Right. Some of the games, which we did with Tom Brady and Drew Brees yeah. and Cam Newton. But today on Wednesdays, you take even a closer look at some of these games and, and really look at the game film and try to dissect why something happened. We call it, what the F happened. Yes, yes. What the fuck happened? <laughs> I'm going to tell you what the fuck happened, okay? So we got, yeah. we got a bunch of games. We got five games we're going to try to get to right. here. Uh, Cardinals, 49ers. We got yeah. Rams, Cowboys, Packers, Vikings. We got Ravens, Browns. I don't know what's going on with the Browns right yeah. now. Yeah, and we'll just talk about the Browns, though, because we already hit the Ravens, yep. though, on Monday. Yep. yep. Packers, we're going to talk about Aaron Rodgers. Pretty much, yep. yep. Rams offense. Yes. For, for theirs, Rams right? offense. McVay. Yep. I can, went, went quickly through the Cowboys offense. I can certainly give you the theme of the game or things that I saw or like or whatever else, but I didn't like, dissect it quite to the way I did, let's say, the Rams offense and what they did. And then at the end, we yeah. teased it right. on Monday's pod. Oh, baby. My top pick power rankings. All right. I like Who's going to get the number one pick? And you think it's a slam dunk who the number one pick will be. Don't give that away now. Okay. But we'll talk about that if we get to it, time permitting. We're going to get to it. we got to get okay, to we'll it. Okay, we'll try to get to yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, I, let's I start. got good, concise notes, and I'm ready to go. Okay. So uh, what the F happened. Yep. Uh, with Cardinals and 49ers, so the Cardinals got the win there. And I said after uh, we talked about the games Monday, there was probably one team that was happier than any other team, 
Yeah, it was probably the, the Cardinals right. going to San Francisco, beating a team that was 13 and one or 13 and three last year, all the way to the Super Bowl. Uh, but problems for the 49ers. You know, you can maybe chalk this one up as your know, first week. It's no no team's going to have it all together in the first week. That's right. They're banged up. Let's not forget about banged that. Up. A lot of injuries. Yep. But Jimmy G didn't look great. Right. And we got this question from Gobbledygook49, who said, how much of Jimmy G's performance was due to the poor wide receiver play? Yeah. And how much was his poor passing? Yeah. I oh. looked at the film. Okay. All right. So this is what I'll say. Just right off, number one comment. It wasn't that bad by Jimmy G. Okay. He, he played solid football. He really did. Are there a few plays where I'd go, man, you should throw a better football here, or don't, don't get off this read. It's there. You know, why did you flip to the other side? Sure. There's no doubt about it. I think, though, all in all, yeah. You know, it wasn't the smoothest game for Kyle Shanahan and his game plan. I think Arizona threw a few curveballs at him. Mm-hmm. Two, Injuries, yeah, not only at receiver, and I think that's the first thing that I jumped out to me when I watched the film. I went, ooh, Arizona, because of the receiver situation, has no fear of these 49ers uh, players. So they were up in their face. That allowed them to crowd the box a little bit, crowd the line of scrimmage, stop the run game. So that didn't ever really get off, right? They stopped that from when Shanahan gets the run game going, then you're screwed as a defense. They made that number one priority to stop that. And you're allowed to do that because of the lack of wide receivers being healthy right now. Then Kittle went out, and that even compounded it even more. And let alone Vance Joseph, who's a good defensive coordinator, threw a few curveballs out. And then also, just pure physicality blocking, you know, the 49ers are not up, up, up to strength up front either. They got a, a backup playing right guard, and they got a backup playing center right now. And there was moments in pass protection and run game where you go, oh, well, th- that's them. They, they show up where... Jimmy had a move. Ooh, somebody's going to be open. I got to move. I got to do something. Bam, I'm out of here. I don't think I'll take away from our main thing we talked about Monday with this game. They controlled the game. They had their foot on the Cardinals' throats. Mm-hmm. The Cardinals were really unwilling, unable to do anything. They get the block punt. They get a one-play touchdown drive, and that made them feel like, okay, we're in this game. And, you know, we talked about the 49ers then make a great drive, go all the way down the field, yeah. and are unable to score from the one-foot line. Right, So it's fourth and one, that happens, and then it became a ball game from that point. But I just think overall... So you went into the game thinking that Jimmy would look worse than he actually did. No doubt about it, yes. I always try to go into the game going, okay, I know my thought, but clean sight. Let's watch the game for what it is. Don't like try to make a reason to make it match what you said on Monday. Okay, yeah, Monday it didn't look great to me. The film was better. Was it perfect? No. Uh, I think the big thing that I take away from Jimmy G and the 49ers in general, if teams are going to play them like that, they got to be more aggressive and take shots down the field. They have to. At the very least, get some pass interference calls. They did get that a little late in the game where they took a shot or two, and I wanted to go, damn, there it is. Yeah, you got to take a shot, one, just to back them off. Two, you know, as we talk about all the time, these DBs, the ball's in the air a long time. They usually choke all to death and, you know, start grabbing or misplay the bar or whatever. So I think that would be one thing that uh, certainly jumps out to me. And then the other thing, and I think this plays into Jimmy Garoppolo's weaknesses a little bit and probably why the Cardinals did it. They probably go, let's take our chances. Give him the deep ball. He's not the best at that. Okay, let's take away the middle of the field. So I said they're playing a lot of man-to-man. Shanahan's smart. He sees that. He starts doing crossers. I think they hit one. Then they start to go back to the well a few times in some like obvious passing situations. Cardinals did a good job of like, 
you know, we got a guy here, as soon as they crossed, he, he stopped and he waited for the crosser. And then the same thing on the other side, he waited for the crosser. So then here's Jimmy G dropping back thinking, oh, I got man-to-man, I'm one of these crossers, and there's guys waiting for him. And then that throws it off. So yeah. that's what I mean by curveballs thrown at Shanahan. Um, and my point with saying that is they live over the freaking middle too much. They live over the middle. Got to throw the ball outside the numbers. Do they have a receiver that can do that? They do. They do. You don't need a world beater to do that. So here's who they played. Yes. So you got Kendrick Bourne. I right. looked up the snap counts. Yes. Kendrick Bourne played 92% of the snaps. Yep. Then they had Dante Pettis. Pettis, right. Only 73% of the snaps. Yep, okay. And then Trent Taylor, only 34% right. and of the he's snaps. not even 100% Trent Taylor. They went two tight ends 25% of the time. Yeah. I imagine that's probably up from what they did last year, although I'm not totally sure. Yeah. Um, but that's the, those are the three top receivers, Kendrick Bourne, Dante Pettis, Trent Taylor yeah. right now. Yeah, that's not a scary group. You're no. right. And, it, you know, Kendrick Bourne and Pettis – have enough to win on the outside. Yeah, they're not going to like make DBs like shaking their boots or anything like that. But you know, conversely, you know, I think this is going to be the next thing because this is what they did. They played the man-to-man, like I talked about, to help with the run. And then the other thing I saw was quarters coverage. Quarters coverage is a great way to take away the middle of the field. It takes away over the middle slants, crossers, things like that. The safeties don't really worry about behind them. Their first thing is to kind of come up front in quarters coverage or come up and also allows them to be more aggressive in the run game, right? When your first few steps are told, all right, we're playing quarters, you play cover two, the defensive coordinator is going to tell you safeties. At the snap, I don't give a shit what you see. If you're not backpedaling, you're getting a minus grade. It doesn't matter. Even if you think, oh, it's a run, it's a run, it's a run, you take your three steps backpedaling because, you know, after a while they'll get cocky and fly up and it'll be a play-action pass and it'll be like, hey, it's cover two and you're not there and right. you're half. So in quarters, that doesn't go. They're allowed to be flat-footed and be aggressive downhill to stop the Shanahan run game. It gives them an extra guy in the box that way. But then it also takes away that Garoppolo, you know, play-action pass come up and there's Kendrick Bourne over the middle or Debo Samuel over the middle, who I know wasn't playing. But that takes away that element. And it's hard to find any space in there, I don't care who you are, when teams are playing you like that. And that's where you have to start going, okay, they've they got nine guys yeah. right inside the hash marks. i got to start going comebacks, out routes. And we're going to talk about this. There was a number of teams who I saw had this approach on defense this, going into week one, probably think, let's take away the easy completions. This quarters approach. And quarters are flooding the middle of the field. Okay. And we'll talk. We'll talk about Kyler Murray in a minute. Yeah. They had 49ers took away the middle of the field. They started going, okay, I'll throw a 10-yard out to DeAndre Hopkins. I'll throw a 20-yard out to DeAndre Hopkins. That, to me, is what they're missing. And the big thing that I think I took away, last thing I'll say, with Garoppolo, the reason I think I come in on Monday and go, it wasn't good, and like I said, I still wish it was more crisp. Mm-hmm. There's too many throws that are flat-footed where the lower body is not involved, and that's why it affects yeah. his – his power and his he deep did ball. Get, he did get classified, and I, I always yeah. check over at Football Reference yeah, and they have please. a service that what classifies, this? you know, bad throws, right. or good throws. Yeah. He did get credited with 11 bad throws. Yeah. It was 33% of his passes. That was tied for the most in the NFL with yeah. Trubisky and Dwayne Haskins. So there were a, at least a number, maybe some good throws yes. for Jimmy Garoppolo, but at least some that were classified Yeah, too bad many throws. slam dunks that you just go, you're too good to miss that throw. Or, or even – Throws that end up completions, but the guy has to go to the ground or he has to turn around to catch it. And you go, damn, if he threw that on the money, the guy's going to run for 20 more yards. Instead, he had to fall down and it became no yards. So, um, 
that is an issue with him mechanically that they're going to have to work on. But I think the biggest thing at the end of the game that just left a bad taste in everybody's mouth yeah. because that's those are slam dunk. Those are wide open. Uh, the 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 double move on Patrick Peterson. Uh, that that's you that just, was born in the that, back of the that end was zone, born right? in the back of the end zone. He's wide open, and that's when I say when you hear me say the phrases, just like let it go, right? Throw it. He, he, yeah, let it go. Let it go. We got people he, singing. He's trying to be too perfect, and oh, I'm going to place the ball on the bullseye. And what I want to say is, <laughs> Kyler Murray, other great throwing quarterbacks, they don't try to place the ball in between the middle of your chest. They try to drive the ball through the target of your middle of the chest. And to me, that's where he messes up, and that's what he did on that play. And then on two plays later on the fourth down, same type of thing. Just tries to rhythm throw it out there. And at right. times, hey, that's cool, but not here. Not in man-to-man, five-yard out. you got to drive the ball, throw it with authority, and that'll give you your best chance. So what does Kyle Shanahan do here? Because they signed Mohamed Sanu yeah. for a receiver. Another weapon there for Jimmy Garoppolo. They got Giants, they got Jets. They're going to stay out here in New York, probably going to party with you yep. at some point. <laughs> no, I doubt that. Too. I okay. doubt. You know, I, I, need, I need to call him or text. I haven't Shit. talked to Kyle on the phone since like two days before training camp. And you can't call him after a loss like that. Right? No, no, I don't. Give it a day. Yeah, I don't. Two, I'm not going to call. I don't really call him at all. I just send texts and say, "Great job, whatever." Sorry about that. And he'll call me when he's ready to go. All right. So what do they do now? So what do they do next two games? Is it something where? The Giants and Jets can see what the Cardinals did, and if the 49ers don't have an answer for it, it's going to be tough sledding. Yeah, them. well, yeah, I think I think so. I think you're going to see a little bit of – I mean, if you're smart and you're playing Kyle in the 49ers, you look at the Super Bowl one, and, and you start to look at some of the things that made life hard on Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy Garoppolo last year. And I think the one thing you'll see even in the Minnesota game or the Super Bowl and now week one of the NFL regular season, there was a concerted effort to take away the middle of the field. And I think that's where he's going to have to maybe find ways to more to attack outside by the numbers and the uh, out-of-bounds sidelines to, again, widen the defense a little bit, get everybody away from your run game, get everybody away from your inside play-action pass game, and he's capable of doing that. Jimmy G just got to throw the ball a little bit more crisp. There was certainly some dicey decisions. And, again, I'll also say this. You know, I, I expect this day and age, quarterback's got to make some plays on his own every now and then, too. Um, he does a good job moving in the pocket and making some awkward throws, but I would like to see a little bit more playmaking as far as that's concerned. Would you buy this for the 49ers? Yeah. They, more than most teams, and we hear this from teams from time to time, they yeah. need to use their run to set up the pass. They need to be. And the 49ers, I mean, it's almost like running the ball is what they do best. Yes, right. And so if they can't do that effectively, Mostert had 56 yards in the game. He was the leading rusher. If they can't do that effectively, is it almost impossible for the 49ers to get it going? No, but he'll have to find a way to go, okay, how am I going to now use the pass to kind of help out my run game and get everybody off my you know, my ass or my back as far as that's concerned? And he's going to have to find little creative ways to attack those part of the field. I, I would think he looked at that film last week and went, damn. Whoa, I mean, Isaiah Simmons is in there, Hicks is in there, Buda Baker's in there, you know, 31, uh, I can't remember his name, the other safety. They're all in the middle of the field. You know, it's just, it's too dicey. So he is going to have to go back to the drawing board and find just little ways to attack the edges of these defense so he can stop that. He'll find it. Yeah. I'll be excited to see what he does this week to kind of help that out. And, of course, you know, I, it doesn't look like they're going to have Kittle. I don't know where that goes. And, and it would be, I think it would be completely different right now yeah. if George Kittle had been effective. I agree. Have. He played. He only missed one snap I know. in the game, which is amazing. Right. But they didn't target him after You didn't even know time. he was out there, really, if and you were really watching. good early. Yes. And I think if, he, if they had him, they'd probably win that game. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. You know, he, he, 
there was, I think, probably going in this game some more plays for George Kittle that Shanahan had, you know, with the old screw you, I'm going to kill you with George Kittle here. Yeah. And, yeah, it just didn't work out. And, listen, the other thing, the, there, there was a, they got a little lucky. I can't lie about that either. You know, they had a few plays here and there where you go, oh, he's going to have it, and the pass protection broke down, going back to the center and the right guard where there was issues sure. there. You know, they had another game plan play in the fourth quarter at one point, Ahmed, and gosh, I can't, I think they ended up punting on the drive, but they had basically, they like to do those fake play actions, right? And then check goes up the field, yeah. right, as fullback. So the linebacker thinks, oh man, he's coming at me and going to block me. He braces himself, and then the guy just runs by him, and you're like, oh shit, it's a great play. Yeah. I mean, Shanahan invented it. And they hit check a few, play, few plays later, they had a similar play with George Kittle, and Garoppolo didn't give it a chance. He got off of it too quick and was, you know, and this is where pressure can affect a quarterback. There was no pressure on this play. He probably could have thrown a touchdown, but he had been pressured a few times during the game. So his internal clock was just a little off. And if he had stayed with it, they probably would have uh, struck one more time. But other, I'm not totally concerned. Other side of the yeah. ball, do you have notes on uh, Arizona that oh, you'd yeah. like, like to share here? Because it wasn't like they were – I mean, there were some wild plays from Kyler, and that's yeah. what I love to watch. Yeah. You, just, you watch a football game, you're like, I don't think I've seen a player be able to do that, especially right. a player his size, right. the running touchdown he had. But it wasn't like they were crushing it. No. You know, 230 passing yards for Kyler. 151 of those to DeAndre Hopkins. Right. That was a special matchup. That was a special matchup. They ran the ball effectively, mm-hmm. right? And not necessarily because he's a part of the run Kyler. game. Yeah, he's the man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you have to take that into account. So there, you know, there's just him alone gives them schematical advantages. And here's another thing that'll never be on the stat sheet. You know, and this is where the 40, this is why I say he's the kryptonite for the 49ers. You know, it's hard to put Kyler Murray in bad positions just from the D-line standpoint where I mean like uh, he can always get himself out of trouble. Mm-hmm. So they never get like it's hard to get them in third and 20 because he's quick enough to kind of avoid it and oh, throw it away or you know, avoid it and then he gets a yard or two and you go, "Damn, we should have had third and 20 and ended up being third and 7." Yeah. And and most teams that's what would happen or the strip sack fumbles that happen because of the pressure. You never really get to corral him that way to get the turnover to start that or corral him enough to, um, oh, the pocket's collapsing. Let me throw the ball down the field. There's a guy that's going to be open, and he gets it, so he's throwing the ball, pops in the air, intercepted. Yeah. So he limits kind of their greatness to cause chaos in your own offense. It's like Barry Sanders back in the day where they said some of his greatest runs are one, one yard. <laughs> but there is some truth to yeah. that. There is. Because sometimes it's just about, like we always hear that phrase, like don't beat yourself. A lot of teams beat themselves with the 49ers. They get overwhelmed by the front four, yep. and the game compounds on him. Third and 20, and, and now you're in trouble. Right. Yeah. And he's so mature. I mean, for a second-year player, I mean, he really is mature. And, you know, he... He had a third and 25-yard scramble. Like, you're thinking, like, oh, the 49ers got him. They're dead. Yeah. And there he goes, boom, 30-yard run. You go, shit. So it's the one time you do get him in a long situation. <laughs> he, he finds a way to get the first yeah. down, and he's just so awesome that way. So, okay, let me talk about Hopkins and Murray now. Yeah, Hopkins and Murray, because they force-fed him, right? 16 targets for him. The next closest yes. was Larry Fitzgerald with five. Yeah. You've, and we'll talk about later yeah. on. The Browns, and with Odell Beckham, right. you get this new big-time receiver. you got a young quarterback. It's like, oh, we got to make him happy. we got to yeah. figure out a way to get him the ball. Cleveland hasn't been able to do that. No. But first game in, Arizona was. Yeah, well, you know, um, it's more in the DNA of a Cliff Kingsbury, I think, in his offense to get a guy the ball. Like, this is my go-to guy. 
And again, we can always have that argument. Is it better to have a committee or is it better to have that one guy and then you make everybody stop him and then that opens up everything? I mean, it's a great conversation. It really is. I'm not saying I know the right or wrong answer to that all the way. It is. It's probably both depending on each scenario. But uh, with this specifically, yeah, they force fed him, especially early. But good for them. They were supposed to. They gave him some screens, a few quick passes early. I mean, early on, I would bet you, I felt like he had like six receptions for like 20 yards. And you're just like, okay, cool. They're just getting him going, getting the ball out of their hands so they don't get a strip sack fumble or something crazy happens. They're just trying to manage the game. But then as they started to get a feel for the game, and like I said, San Francisco playing that Seattle scheme, eight men in the box all the time, I think they just started going, our guy, better than your guy. I don't care if Sherman, Mosley, whatever. Our guy is going to scare you, and our other guy, at quarterback, can throw the ball with the best of them. And they started throwing out routes. They're just going, fine, you're going to give this out here, 10-yard out, 20-yard comeback. They started having that kind of approach, and it opened up the floodgates a little bit to open up the rest of the offense. And it was all basically nickel and dime stuff, other than some of the out routes and that I talk about, he threw a quick pass out to the left, and DeAndre Hopkins broke a tackle and sprung up the field for like 20 more yards. And then in the fourth quarter, they had the shallow cross where 49ers had you know rushed four, but it was man-to-man, and they got a little pick, and he threw it to DeAndre Hopkins, and he ran down to the one-yard line, and that was it. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you I was like, oh, man, did they do some amazing stuff with him? But they certainly made him a focal point smartly, and it's a good way to kind of indoctrinate him into the team, the system, and get everybody going. They made him happy so far. Here's yeah. a quote that Hopkins said after the game. I knew we had something special the day I walked into this building. This team works. How Kyler and this team work. I've been around a lot of great people, and Kyler works like it's his last day on this earth. Nothing is a surprise about what happened today. He's Pretty complimentary of Kyler Murray when you played with Deshaun Watson. I don't, I don't yeah, want yeah. to compare the two, and no. I don't think he was saying it. No, I don't think he is either. To slam anyone else. He's right. just appreciative of how much work Kyler has put in, and you think it shows. It does show. I, just the way he handles himself, the way he's in control on the field. I mean, the way he talks to the coaches. I, I sometimes look at him. I'm like, man, is, is he 41 and like <laughs> won seven Super Bowls? Like, what? He he like looks like he's really. Which is tele- funny because he's kind of a quiet guy. I know off the field, right? right. He's kind of a quiet, subdued right. guy. Yeah. But he gets on the field. He's a leader. He is a leader. That's exactly right. He's a leader. And I I think, you know, overall. Yeah, that offense. So, Cliff. Yeah. Beginning of the year last year, you're like, "Ah, I've got my concerns. I've got my doubts. He hasn't done it in the NFL. I I see not a ton. As the year went on, you go, okay. Yes. He's he's shown me something. I'm still saying, okay. You're still. I like it. I do. Yeah, I saw a few other things. Again, I saw him underneath the center. Saw three backs in the backfield. Some more two tight end sets. You know, some other formations. He's a stealer of plays, which he should be, and then he's expanded his own kind of thoughts and how he wants to make some of the stuff he does look a little different. So, yeah, I'm a total believer in Cliff Kingsbury all the way there. Um, and, you know, I think the other thing, too, is he's not afraid to just dumb it down, like I said. Mm. You know, when, when they got, like I said, man-to-man or quarters coverage, which a lot of times ends up being like one-on-one on the outside, they said, okay. We'll, 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 fine, if that's what you want to give us, our quarterback can throw it out there all day long with accuracy and, and speed and everything. So uh, I, I, I appreciated that. And, you know, there's other guys, they were close. You know, Kenyon Drake does have a good look. Um, Christian Kirk looks good, like he's flying around the field. 
So that's positive. I know he didn't get like balls, but just the way he looked out on the field. He did have one catch. For he zero, did have one catch. Yards. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but either way, yeah, he looked good to me. It seems like he could have a big year. I think so. And then you know Chase Edmonds in the yeah. conversation too. One, you two punch. Right. You could put. You know, I, I believe I saw a few snaps of Drake and Edmonds and Kyler Murray all back there in the backfield at the same time. And you know, those are two guys that can line up at slot receiver too. So I bet you they continue to toy with that. Um, the biggest thing though is. It's Kyler Murray. There's no other way to say it. Yep. He was the great equalizer in this football game because he saves them and his ability to run and do those things. And then the last thing I'll say is the 49ers got to start to learn their lesson. You know, you're playing Kyler Murray. You can't have a, like a second or third down pass play where he steps up in the pocket and all four defensive linemen are five yards behind him. That just that can't happen. It, it shouldn't happen. Like if New England played Kyler Murray, which they will later this year, I bet you you never see that. They probably won't even freaking rush him. And it takes away an element of his game that really stresses your defense. And I think the 49ers have to go back to the drawing board when they play them the next time. 49ers, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine is his Twitter handle. Said, Chris, you coming out of retirement, the Niners could use a quarterback or a defensive coordinator, whichever one you would prefer. Uh, no, they're okay. Don't worry. They're going to be okay. Garoppolo, again, I don't think he's a world beater, but he is plenty good enough for them to win football games. They do got to get healthy. And, yeah, Robert Sala, there's enough there to where creative blitzes every now and then where I go, okay, that was kind of cool. That was a little outside the realm of the Seattle We'll give him a pass against Kyler Murray. We're going to give him a pass. We're going to see where that goes. But uh, their big thing to me could be going forward is their corner play. Because their inability to match up man-to-man, and then when they play quarters, like I told you, it becomes man-to-man. I don't think those two on the outside are going to stop very many people. And now Richard Sherman's hurt with the, right. the calf injury, yeah. which is what happens to older players. Uh, it really is. And that'll be a pain in the butt for him to get back from. We'll see if there's an evolution with the 49ers defense. There was an evolution with the Arizona offense. We were wondering if Sean McVay yeah. could evolve the Rams offense. Right. You know, which I'll give you a lot of credit because last year, I mean, fresh off the Super Bowl, as the year was going on, you're like, you know, I know we're all talking about Sean McVay being an offensive genius. There are some things that are that are broken yes. with this offense right now and predictable yes. with this offense. Right. And I don't think a whole lot of other people were saying that. So they come out against the Cowboys. They get a win. Yeah. They keep it simple, yes. Um, but it was effective. What was different about the Sean McVay offense in this game? Not a whole lot. <laughs> Not a whole lot, if I was going to sit here and yeah. speak honestly to you. And I think there's some reasons beyond that. Now, the one thing I'll say that I do think was different is did see more two tight ends on the field. Okay. You know, and they'd be crazy not to because I think their, their third receiver, Van Jefferson, he's still young and getting used to the NFL. So mm-hmm. they want to keep Woods and Cooper Cup on the field. Yep. And then – I think their best 11 is when they have Higby and Gerald Everett on the field. So Higby played 89% of snaps. Yeah, not shocked. Van Jefferson was 45% okay. of snaps. Okay, and then what was this? Do you have Gerald Everett on there? How I many don't you have that. Okay. I'm not right. just like a walking dictionary of snap count. <laughs> I was just, but I was interested because yeah. I do think. I can look it up. Well, we've always known how much they're 11 personnel team. And I would say still, the game itself probably still had 70% 11 personnel. But the two tight end sets, there was enough there to where I think it's going to make teams think. A few more formations out of it because of the two tight ends. 33% for Everett. 33% for yeah. Everett? Okay. Yeah. All right. And then they used him as the fullback. You know, like how you, the 49ers used check as the fullback. They yeah. used Gerald Everett. So they'd get in some I-formation type plays and do that. That was a little different. But they still did their bread and butter stuff off that. Now, it's week one. Teams tend to go to their bread and butter week one. Mm-hmm. It's no off season, things like that. 
And really, McVay won this football game for them overall, just with all his just easy completions and tricks he serves up. We've talked about it a little on money, Monday, but just the screens and the running back screens and the wide receiver screens and everything like that. I mean, as I sat there and watched the game out of the 20 completions Jared Goff had, I, I truly mean this, and I'm not trying to say this is a knock. There was only two, like what I would call, throws. He hit Robert Woods up the left sidelines. He hit him on a skinny post on the right side one other time. Everything else was pretty much what I would call a Sean McVay special. Yeah. Where it's just a lot of window dressing to go, here you go, one guy, here's the ball, make something happen. And they won the game with just his ability to chew up the clock, mm-hmm. them control the football, uh, he, he stays patient with the run, and they stay ahead of the chains on first and second down. So then they get in third and three, and it's like, well, I don't know what they, they – could be a quick drop-back pass – could be the speed sweep. They could run it. And then he can throw the screen game on that, too. So it really makes them tough to defend. Dallas's defense was the issue in this football game more than okay. anything when I came away watching the game. Just the inability to get stops, get L.A. off the field. They were just bled to death. They yeah. played very simple in the back, the back end. Um, but I think what I'm saying more than anything is I didn't see a lot different. I'm okay. interested to see if it's a week one setup. For the Cowboys. No, or for the Rams, just to go, okay, we play with some personnel, we play some formations. It was week one, so I just did what we're best at, but I've been working on this other stuff, and I'm going to unveil that here because it just gave us one more week of practice and gets a wind under about. That does happen a lot, so we'll see if that that happens here as uh, we go forward. Yeah, a lot of the numbers were similar because no no quarterback was helped out more by yards after catch than Jared Goff in week number one. So, okay. 9.8 yards. All right. After, and I'm not trying completion. to be a jerk to Jared Goff. That's Second just the way they Jimmy run their Goff offense. Goff. Yeah. Okay. Um, but they didn't throw a ton, you know, 31 attempts. Yeah. Tied for 23rd in the league. That's a year after they threw, just, what, 626 times, which right. was most in the NFL. Right. So that was interesting. I mean, that was a little bit of a wrinkle is that you could rely a little bit more on Malcolm Brown. I think it's why they drafted Cam Akers. Definitely. So, that might be one difference that they might try to rely a little bit more I on think the running so. game. I think so. I think he's going to be a little more steadfast and just sending the, the running back by committee. He's got a three-headed monster there, I think, this year. Yeah, he's going to stay patient. I think he, he knows you know, enough at this point that that's his best way to play football. It sets up everything else that he likes to do with his offense. It takes a little pressure off Jared Goff to where he doesn't have to carry the offense because I don't think he's that type of guy. And also... In a game like this, especially early on, you know, McVay and his ability to do that, it really helped his defense against uh, a high-powered, really talented Dallas offense to where, yeah, the defense got to be fresh, be on, you know, on the sidelines while the offense kind of worked over that Dallas defense. The Dallas defense, I think, was scared overall of what they might get from McVay, hmm. and they played very basic. I was shocked to see that. Mike Nolan is kind of known for his exotic defenses and things he does does that way mm-hmm. but I think with week one all the movements lack of a preseason game he had a few young guys in there Trevon Diggs a corner and things like that I think he probably wanted to keep it simple it gave them a fighting fighting chance it was just a lot of bending they didn't break but it was a lot of bending Pete notes here yeah Rams 12 personnel usage yeah what was it uh, one running back two tight ends um, I don't know what it was this game, but last uh, first eight weeks last season, it was 29th in the NFL, just 11% oh, of the time. Yeah. So more than that. Definitely more than that, without a doubt. I, 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 would, I would think this continues to be a 
point of emphasis for this football team, especially if they want to run the ball. I think it's going to create some matchups. Both of those tight ends can run and get open in the pass game too. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't. Let's see how many plays they ran. So what was se- so here, here was the plays. trend. So that, yeah. even last year, so it was 11 percent of that 12 personnel usage in the first eight weeks last season. Yeah. Last eight games, it went to 32 percent. And then that's right around the range they were in week one here. So okay. The trend maybe we saw at the end of last season. Yeah, they're going to try to that. capitalize off that. Yeah, and we'll see. You know I'm going to have my eye on this for more yeah. things that McVay adds to the offense and all that. But we saw a little bit, and we'll see where it goes from here. So far, so good, but great overall incomplete. You want to see more work. Yeah, you I want to see more, I wanna see more okay. work. Exactly right. What about on Dallas, yeah. on the Dallas side of it? Because this is an offense. you got Kellen Moore coming back. Right. Because the number set, they were the number one offense yeah. last year with – Yards and they did put up points they last did. year. Um, but we got a question here from Sean G. O'Reilly that says, Great and mighty Chris Sims. Wow. So it's an automatic read at that point. No doubt. Is he calling great and mighty? Uh, do that for me as well, and I'll read it two times. <laughs> uh, do you really think that Kellen Moore is a good play caller? He goes, I don't see it. He doesn't know how to counter D line pressure. He's predictable, runs on every first down, no creativity. Why are people so high on him? Yeah, I, I, um, I think he's. He's good. Am I going to sit here and tell you he's great? There's moments where I go, ooh, that was a nice series of plays, how he tied that together. I like that. I mean, you can't be number one in the NFL in yards and be terrible. No, no, you can't. But a lot of it was some bullshit yards, too. You know, we can go through the games and we start to go, look, you know, they're down in this game. They have no chance. He ends up throwing for 300 yards against the Bears on a Thursday night, and he didn't throw for 30 yards in the competitive part of the football game. You know, so I'm always wary of that. Um, but nonetheless, you're right. It's still a lot there to like. He is good enough. They're finding their way too, as far as what they want to do with Mike McCarthy and everything like that. Um, I did see some creativity and some things I'd like to see still more movement. I loved how they kind of did some of the, you know, Michael Gallup, Amari Cooper, almost speed sweep Ram stuff type stuff. And a little bit of the like same type of thing of like Kansas city where you see the guy like. Fake, like he's about to do the speed sweep. He stops, and then he goes back out the same way he came from, right? We saw some of that. The screen game was certainly effective. Um, But, yeah, do I still think I need to see a little bit more of a tying of plays together? And, again, not sure if I know what is it that's their identity. Hmm. Like, okay, we know McVay's identity. You can say what you want about the – it's going to be pace at the line of scrimmage, right, and they're going to run plays, and he's going to figure out how to kind of stress you there and find easy completions, right? That's their identity. He almost uses a de facto run game with the run game. Stresses that. We know what Shanahan's identity. We just talked about it. Running the football, creative ways to do that, play action over the middle, right? I, I don't know exactly what Dallas is. So we'll see where it goes. What should it be if you were Kellen Moore? What would you lean on? I would almost, with this group right here, I would lean on going Kansas City. I would go and let, let's, let's, yeah, I'd like to run the ball. I, you know, we got Zeke Elliott. Yep. But, man, we got so many weapons here. I'd like to have more moving parts like Kansas City Rams. Hey, speed sweep Amari Cooper. Hey, we faked the speed sweep Ezekiel Elliott. Oh, now we're in the shotgun. I got Ezekiel next to me. Our Mark Cooper's next to me. He goes in motion. We're attacking downfield. I just think it needs to be a little bit more wide open. You know, I don't think they need to be like the old Dallas Cowboys and let's just like, we'll have one series, we're going to smash mouth. And then the next series, we're going to like just drop back and pass. To me, it's still a little all over the place that way to where I just would like it to be tied together. But what if Jerry Jones is in your ears like, I want it to be smash mouth? 
give Zeke the ball? Because he did look better in week one. There's no doubt he looked better. And, I, you know, again, I told you before we started this, I kind of went over this game quickly. I didn't, like, dissect yes. the Dallas offense like I did the Rams offense. Um, it's not, Rams, Rams got some playmakers on D. And you never – like, Aaron Donald to start week one is not fun for anybody. Uh, and he causes some issues. You know, there was a few times Prescott drops back and he can't – set up or throw the ball he wants to because there's people around him, and it's scary that way. Uh, but we'll watch, watch what they do here. And Man, I mean, Cooper looked good. CeeDee Lamb looked good. They just got to get him – they got to get some of these guys the ball in space more. I guess that's the thing that, that I'd like to see, and that's yeah. why I almost say the Kansas City approach. Sure. Blake Yellow. Jarwin got hurt. The tight end got hurt. So they're not going to be able to play, like, power smash mouth football all the time. Uh, so that was the Rams getting the victory over the Cowboys by three. You know when we do a deep dive and Aaron Rodgers has a good game, it's like we're like, no, we don't need. I don't think we need to do the Packers. Chris, like, we gotta do the, We gotta do Aaron Rodgers. I didn't say that. <laughs> so, uh, but we wanted you to look yeah. at Aaron Rodgers a little deeper here yeah. because we want to know what it was here. Because obviously he looked good. He looked like vintage Aaron Rodgers. He what did. Were you saying what year for Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, like 2013, like 2013, 2013, 2014. Yeah, very good, very Oof. good. Had that connection with Devontae Adams. Yes, he did. Um, but how much of it was? This Minnesota Vikings defense, you talk about a defense trying to, or a team trying to find their identity. Right. What's their identity going to be on the defensive side of the ball? Uh-huh. No Daniil Hunter. Yep. Um, so that hurt. Yes. So was it more Aaron Rodgers, or was it more while the Vikings made a lot of things pretty easy? Yeah. No, the Vikings are not going to be real talented on defense, and especially without Daniil Hunter. I mean, to me, that, that's why I picked the Packers in the game right away. I mean, I've always said this, anybody that's listened to my podcast, to me, when you get on that surface and you don't have – a great pass rush to corral Rodgers, that's when he can take over games. Because even when everything's covered, since you don't have that great pass rush, he'll buy time or scramble and extend the play, and then somebody will be open. I mean, you can't cover for seven seconds all the time. So that's where he's dangerous. But I do think there was something more to their offense. I think that, So I wrote down, the first things that jump off to me, like right away, more aggressive pass game calls. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt. Like, they didn't come out trying to go, let's run slant flat and make Aaron jam it in there for five yards into triple coverage. Yeah. Let's make him throw the four yard out and get some rhythm going and jam it in there between nine guys. It's just like, that's yeah. what they used to do. Like, right. Oh, you're in rhythm? sound like LaFleur. No, right? I know. It's like, I, I don't know. know who's coaching. I, know. <laughs> I don't know who that is. <laughs> but it just used to drive me crazy. Yeah. And, yeah, LaFleur tried to break away from it a little last year. But also, it's what, what's what Rodgers had done his whole career with McCarthy before that, too. So I'm sure, you know, LaFleur was trying to please him to a yeah. degree. Yeah. They came out in this one. It was like, none of that bullshit. It was like, we're attacking. You're going to see guys going post-corner, post, post-corner, uh, or corner, post-corner. You're going to see all these. We're going to have guys running deep crosses, double moves, straight go routes, all that. So I think that's the first thing that jumped out to me. It wasn't like, let's find a five-yard completion. Well, it's just attack. Deep downfield, yeah. 20-plus yards right. in the air, five for nine, 186 yards, Two touchdowns. Right. And had a, one of those one, uh, incompletions was an unbelievable deep post throw to Valdez Scantling, who dropped it on the five-yard line. So it would have been even more. It would have been even more. But again, I think that just shows it. Now, the second thing that jumps out to me, yes, more aggressive play call. think it's going to be great for Green Bay. They need to. They got the, one of the greatest throwers of the deep ball and arms in the history of the sport. I think it'll make them more aggressive in general and just feel better. Like It was fun to watch. They came out firing. 
But here's the biggest thing. My man, oh, Aaron Rodgers, he got back to 2014 Aaron Rodgers. And when I say that, I mean he got into let the first guy, the first read happen. Wait on it. Hmm. You know, you've heard me say if I had a complaint about Aaron Rodgers last year and things like that, it would be times where I'd go, man, within the normal rhythm of the offense, just throw to that guy. I know it's a little tight, but he's open. Like, slam it in there. Do it. You're Aaron Rodgers. Nobody hits the bullseye with, like, more 100-mile-per-hour fastballs than you. But, you know, he would, he would pat the ball and look and then dance around and try to wait for somebody to get a little bit more open. Man, the, one of the first things I noticed on the first drive, I was like, Rodgers is staying with the first read. Hmm. He's not going to pass it off. And he made a lot of, you know, throws with conviction And where you go, I'm not sure he throws that last year, but here he did this year, and it's a 12-yard game, 15-yard game. So I think those are the first two things that jumped out to me more than anything. Offensive line graded out really well for the Packers, too. So they gave him the time to do that. They did, definitely. You got Bakhtiari there. You got uh, Lindsley. Yeah, they're a good pass-blocking group. They really are. And, you know, a little bit like Mahomes or Russell Wilson, if you want to run the ball, too, the great thing about the deep passing game is it's usually a deep drop off the play action or just the drop back pass, right? It creates separation from the line. And that's when they're dangerous too because now there's separation and, yeah, there's more room for them to move and make magic uh, if the play doesn't deliver on its own Mm -hmm. to where now, okay, I can run up in the seam here and attack the line of scrimmage and run or start to set up and find somebody open that way. And that's that's why I like it. I do think I saw more formations and more personnel usage from Green Bay. I didn't sit there and chart it and do all that shit, but my eye is pretty damn good usually with yeah. that stuff. I thought I did notice that. They need, they're another team. They're going to be a little more deadly with the tight end sets this year. I, they're better off without Jimmy Graham. The fact that they got you know Mercedes Lewis, the Sternberger kid, and I'm missing one other tight end they got, but if you want to run the ball and do that, these tight ends can run block, and they're pretty good athletes. They're good enough to where they might be able to go, oh, you're overplaying the run? Okay, we're going to split them out and throw the pass game and do all that too. So I just feel like that, that fit their team better as well. Blake Juarez? Yeah, I think it was. And here, wait, I'm going to pull out the uh, pull it out here because I got it um, right pull here. Pull up the teams? Pull up the old teams. Um, yeah, then Robert Tanyan, he was getting in there. Jay Sternberg, so yeah. 85, 87, and 89. Sternberger. In two, in two more weeks, this will be this will be household names right here. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. Sternberger has a chance to be okay. a guy where you go, ooh, because he, he pops when you watch him physically. He can run and really be a threat in the pass game. He's young. He came from Texas A&M. It's only year two. He was hurt a little last year. We'll see what he does. But I like that formula, too. If you're going to be Matt LaFleur – and you want to run the football and be the Kyle Shanahan guy, yeah, overpower some people up front. That tight end usage will help, but it's only going to set up these deep pass plays to Devontae Adams and Valdez Scaling, which I like. So maybe there'll be more multiple this year, as people like to say. Right. You can do do more than one thing. Uh, Yannick Ngakwe was the guy that the Vikings brought in. They thought he was going to be able to to ratchet up the pressure. Yeah. One game in, not so good. No. One quarterback pressure. That was a quarterback hit on 27 pass um, pass rushes. Didn't even notice the defensive line of the Vikings. Were they playing last week? They I, might not have. I don't know if they did either. They, they, there was nothing to write home about, plus the new pieces in the secondary, right? Holton Hill, they went after Holton Hill. A long corner mm. um, from Texas. But he's, he's, he's issues in man-to-man. He's not made to play man-to-man. You know, he's a Seattle corner. That's what I would say. Jam, get back, don't let the guy go deep. 
but they attacked his ass uh, badly. If Valdez Scantling can continue to be the guy we just saw in week one, then the Packers are going to be like for real, for real, really? and be a player. So this whole time we were thinking like they need someone besides Devontae Adams. They got to draft someone besides Devontae Adams. You think they may have had it all along? It, well, yeah, but he, you know, they've been saying that for th- the previous two years too. Yeah. When we think we got this guy Velda Scanling, and then you know the season comes, and for lack of a better phrase, he shits the bed or whatever. Yeah, you play against good corners, and then you, yeah, it's not as good. but I think that should be a good a bit of a confidence builder. And I heard Rodgers talk him up during training camp, and you hear Rodgers after the game talking about the communication with the team and everything's on the same page. To me, when he starts saying that, he, it's, he's basically going. I trust the young guys. They're not fucking up too much. Yeah. Because I think he's like Brady that way. You fuck up too much. He's like, get him out, coach. Um, so we'll see where it goes. But, yeah, he'll be crucial to the success of their football team. They don't have any other guy on the team like that. He's got to pop, you know, a few times a game to be that scary downfield guy. Okay. So then on the other side of the ball, it sounds yeah. like if the Vikings are going to have some trouble uh, on the defensive line getting pressure without Hunter. Yeah. When uh, targeting the cornerbacks, Rodgers was 20 of 24, three touchdowns, 250 yards. Another one where you want to clog the middle of the field, yeah. we'll throw out routes. Yeah. yeah, it's a dying All art right. in the NFL. So there are a lot of ways to beat this Minnesota defense right now, at least if you have Aaron Rodgers and you're the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, right. so we'll see if every other team has that yeah. advantage. But does this Gary Kubiak offense have enough has it added anything from last year when Kevin Stefanski was running the show, or maybe it was Gary Kubiak all up? Yeah, no, right? we don't know, right? Um, so, what did you see when you looked at the the Vikings offense? Uh, all right, the game didn't unfold for them the way you'd like offensively. You know, they got the first drive of the game and went down and scored a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Using Cook and Madison. Using Cook and Madison. A little for- fortunate. Cook broke like a 15 yard run. There was a face mask that ended up being a 30 yards. Then there was the. Um, Nobody open on a drop-back pass play. Kirk Cousins, who does look like he's trying to move more this year, he talked about this offseason, he scrambles to the right and hits a guy downfield. So, yeah, it was a good first drive, but my point of saying this is I also go, I don't know if anything schematically really helped them. They just they got a few good players that made some plays, and they're, they're, in, the, they're in the NFL for a reason too. Yeah. But just a to, just to long story short here, just to sum up, the first half was tough on them because you have that drive. Green Bay goes on a long drive. You know, you go three and out. Green Bay goes on another long drive and ends up getting stopped on fourth and goal on the one-yard line going into score, which we saw in a number of games this past week. Now, okay, Minnesota's got the ball back. First down, they run up the middle. Second down, it was either – I think it was second down. It was the safety. So here they are. They had the touchdown drive. They had a three and out. They're getting the ball back. Safety. Damn, we got to kick to Rodgers again. So Rodgers gets the ball. They go down and score. They go three and out again. Rodgers scores right before the half. Yeah. And then they get a quick field goal drive just to go down and get a, something positive. So uh, long story short, their defense didn't help them out. The safety certainly screwed them over, giving Green Bay the other possession. They never got to get in a rhythm in yeah. the first half, is what I'm saying. After three quarters, Kirk Cousins was 7 of 11, right. 95 yards right. in one interception. And at that point, the Vikings were down 29 to 10. Yes. And so then you got to throw the ball deep to Adam Thielen, which they did. Yes. They were able to complete a couple long They ones. did. Cousins looked good. I got no issue with Cousins. Like Jimmy Garoppolo, you can win with Kirk Cousins. You can definitely win with Kirk Cousins. Yeah, Kirk Cousins is a higher, a higher level thrower than Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, just the, you know, just the throw you're talking about there, and we could watch a number of other throws where I go, yeah. that's, that's a high level throw. That's big time. 
I am concerned about the passing offense, though. There's no doubt about it. First off, the same issue we saw last year as far as pass protection, Pat Elfline has an issue at guard, at right guard. I mean, he is a, he's a good run blocker. He can't pass block for shit. Hmm. So there was a bunch of plays there where I'd go, oh, somebody's open. Oh, Kirk Cousins, he can't settle in there and see the guy because he's got somebody right in his face. And then do I see repeat concepts? Yeah, I do. I do. A few too many for me in the first few pass plays in itself to where I want to go, wait, we, we just ran this play three plays ago. It wasn't that great the first time around. Why are we calling it again? So we'll see where it goes from here. I don't, I don't know. You know um, they weren't a playoff team for Chris Sims entering the season. No. And after week one, you've seen nothing to change your mind. No, it, 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 does, not, it does not change my mind that way. Um, yeah, and, you know, again, they have the fourth and three throw uh, to Tajay Sharp down the right sideline. I mean, it's fourth and three. They've kind of fought, them, fought their way back in the game. And that's the play we have? Like, Tajay Sharp go route? First off, Kirk Cousins was wrong to play Tajay Sharp. He should have played Adam Thielen to the left. Jair Alexander was bump and run in his face. Adam Thielen got off the line of scrimmage and ran by uh, Jair Alexander. You know, that's to me where sometimes, like, I don't like when quarterbacks go, well, I'll, go, I'll attack the lesser corner. Yeah. yeah, but the lesser corners are on the lesser receiver. So, you know, to me, I'd rather go down with my, my lead horse. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was annoying to me, one, that he did that, but two, the play call. Like, we had a whole summer. Yeah. Fourth and three, our first call of the year is just run straight, guys. Oh, okay. Well, last year that could have been Stephon Diggs running a sharp route, you know. And I mean, yeah, I, yeah. going to have trouble replacing him. And there's the thought that maybe Justin Jefferson could step in. He had a great year at LSU and could – help you know not replace yeah. him but be an, an asset yeah I mean, he'll be an asset I don't think he's going to be like Stefan Diggs because he's not the kind of guy that's just going to run people buy people on the outside yeah. you know you heard me say with Jefferson going up Jefferson to me was more like a Michael Thomas to me he's that kind of guy mm. you want him to be on the inside he's gonna he can really run routes he's got amazing hands he understands coverage and he's physical so he can catch a ball and break a linebacker's tackle or safety's tackle and go get more yards um, he, it's early. As we saw with all basically young receivers in week one, none of them were like trusted in big spots or nobody really wanted to put too much on them. It was kind of like, hey, he's in, it's a big third down, take him out. Ruggs, okay. maybe the Raiders. Ruggs is probably yeah. the number one guy. Exactly right. He was probably the one guy I looked at that said rookie receiver, and they kind of based the offense around him early on, uh, and then he got hurt. Yeah. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, America. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. 
If you don't have Consumer Cellular yet, now is the perfect time to switch and save. For a limited time, new customers can get wireless service for as low as $15 a month for your first year. Yep, the same exact nationwide coverage as the leading carriers for $15 a month for an entire year. What are you waiting for? Call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com and use code RADIO15. See ConsumerCellular.com slash FIRSTYEAR15 for promotional details. Uh, so the Packers got the big win. Vikings got them some things to think about and to work on that yeah. week one. I don't see it for the Vikes. What about the Browns? Do you see it for the Browns? Uh, because they lost handily to the Ravens 38-6. to yeah. Ravens, very good team, obviously. Might have the most talented roster in the NFL. Yeah, they do. Uh, so they were favored to win, and they did, but they won by a lot. And it did get out of hand late, but it just felt like the Browns, after you know the first quarter or so like they probably don't have it here the Ravens are just too strong and then the score got away from them yep Baker Mayfield Odell Beckham that union just hasn't unlike what we saw with Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins game one it was like wow 16 targets 14 of them were catches now the pressure's off and there will be no thought of it yeah we've never had that game with Baker and Odell right so it's just constantly like I hope this is the week and there's an issue there. I don't know what other fuck to say. So what, did, what, what, was, the, what was the reason? What did the tape say? Well, the, the tape, you know, okay, there's, there's a lot of things the tape says. All right, so let's say, the, the first thing I'll, I'll say just to start off the bat, you know, you're moving the ball a little bit on the first drive, and your quarterback throws an interception, yeah. backside slant. And, again, interception is going to happen. I've got no issue with that. But this interception was solely because of Baker Mayfield. That's all there is to it. It's a backside slant. You're in the shotgun. We talked about this on Monday. You get the shotgun snap. You take one step, and you get ready to throw, right? You just get your body in position. Here you go. Like, yeah, anybody's ever seen, like, Rodgers or Brady? They get the ball. They snap it. Okay, we're going to throw a three-step, you know, quick game. They don't take three steps in the shotgun because the snap itself is, like, two steps, right? So get it, set up. Here we go, ready to throw. Baker Mayfield, okay, I know it was to this side. I'm lefty, so I'm going to do the opposite. He got it and took three steps, all right? Calais Campbell was over there playing defensive line. He, by that time, got all the way over there. Mm. Baker Mayfield had a huge window to throw the slant and throw it, but because he took the extra steps, he was late, and he still tried to make it just really hard. He threw it behind the guy. I mean, if you guys, anybody out there wants to watch the replay of the play, even if Calais Campbell doesn't catch it, it's going to have to be like a turn and unbelievable behind-you kind of catch that does it, but Campbell gets the ball, boom, interception, gives them the short field, touchdown a few players, so off to a bad, bad start. But oh, after that, I don't, I'm not going to sit here and say, like, Baker Mayfield was horrible or anything like that. Um, the connection with Odell is non-existent. Ten targets. Yes. Three receptions, 22 yards. They cannot get on the same page with anything. First First two, first two drives of the game, first play of the game, it's Odell running a six-yard hitch route. I, he looks right at him. He's open. He doesn't throw it. I don't know. You know, there was a few scenarios like that early in the game where I want to go, wait, do it. It's, he's there. But I don't know what he was expecting. I, I don't know. I, I, there's a, there's an, an uncomfortableness of Baker throwing to Odell. Odell drops the ball, you know, on a big third down where the game was still – kind of there to be had, mm-hmm. and that caused, uh, that caused the game to kind of lose control after that. I think it was 10-6 to 6 or 17-6, to 6 and they had just driven down. It's third and, uh, third and two. He drops an easy completion. 
They go for it on fourth, don't get it, and that's pretty much the game after that. What do I want to say here? Well, here's something yeah, interesting go ahead. The, the Ravens did, and uh, maybe this is more the Ravens than it yeah. was against uh, Baker Mayfield, but they blitzed him 22 times. That was the most blitzes of a quarterback in the NFL in week one. So they wanted to put the pressure on, on Baker Mayfield when he would go back to pass. They did. There's moments with Baker Mayfield of I don't think he knows if he's protected, so he'll be looking at a guy down the field, and he takes a quick line, look at the line of scrimmage to make sure that guy that he saw blitzing, yeah. wait, did he get picked up or not? And then he goes back down the field. When you want to settle in week one, that's unsettling. No. If, number one, taking on a Ravens defense, it's pretty good. Yes. And number two, you're getting blitzed the most of any quarterback in the NFL. Yes, it, it is. And then unsettling, too, of um, I do think he had a few moments of, like, just leaving the pocket or getting out of the pocket when you shouldn't. Like, just stay there. You're gonna, the guy's going to be open. You're going to have the throw you want. But I don't know. He gets into this, like, looking around, and he wants to escape and get outside the pocket, and I want to go, no, if you just stay there, there's the, you know, 20-yard crosser. You're going to hit him, and way to go. But he takes himself out of that. There was something else I wanted to say, and I blanked out on what that was. But either way, okay, I'll just do the this. Million, the million-dollar question, yeah. sorry, and maybe this will yeah. get you back on track. Yeah. Time to think. The million-dollar question does come from Landre Snyder on right. Twitter that just flat-out says, why is the Browns' offense so bad despite the talent? Yeah. Because we do keep talking about it. Jarvis no Landry, Baker Mayfield, former number one pick. No excuse. Odell Beckham. Right. First off, Nick it, Chubb. It's not Kareem Hunt. Best yeah. one-two punch That's what we're going to get to. Exactly right. The first off, it's just like we talked about with Kubiak and Stefanski. It's not the type of offense that I think necessarily knows how to just go, hey, we got all these plays for this one guy. We're going to feature him. Like, you know, Patriots with Edelman, Michael Thomas with Sean Payton, uh, you know, Hopkins with, with Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah. It's not that type of offense. They want to run the football and then just do everything off the run and, like, let it just let the, the offense flow. So they did run the football pretty well. They need to continue to run the football. That's where I'm going with this. This is where I don't like Kevin Stefanski's offense, but I think it actually, you've heard me say in the offseason a few times ago, it might have a chance because I think this personnel really fits his offense. Run the fucking ball. They have a good offense run-blocking O-line. They were gashing the Ravens in the run game. And those two are studs. Yeah. Right? So... I mean, 10 carries for Chubb, 60 yards, right. 6 yards a clip, 72 yards on 13 carries for Hunt. Those are, those are very Big numbers. Efficient. Those are efficient numbers. But they have drives and series in certain parts of the game where they just get away from it. It's like, okay, wait, we got to get Odell and Jarvis the ball or whatever that is. Mm-hmm. I don't know. They need to find a bread and butter as far as what they want to do and just stick with that and stop worrying about getting those guys the balls and it'll just come within in the normal flow of the offense. And Baker, yeah, he's just a little all over the place. He's still not throwing the ball clean all the time where I go, there's still a few throws every game where I go, come on, I mean, you, you can't miss that throw. You know, I talked about the impatience in the pocket. I do think that caused some issues, which is going to happen in week one, like you talked about. It's the big bad Ravens. They play defenses that nobody does in football, and that's going to fuck any quarterback's head up week one a little bit, especially when you're in a new offense and it's, you know, you've played three years in football, and you've been in three different offenses. We've got to remember that with Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And for Odell, too, Baker and Odell, right, to get on track. You know, year one, that's going to be tough. 
year two. Here you got Kevin Stefanski. You got to figure that out. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, it seems like the leash will be probably pretty long for Baker Mayfield here. I, yes. But, but, I mean, there is Case Keenum there who has familiarity with Kevin Stefanski. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's not out of the question if no. this happens against a non-Ravens defense. Right. Let's see where this goes. I'm not going to, like, totally panic on this yet. I am a little starting to panic on, like, man, can, can these two get together, Odell and Baker? I don't know where this is going to go. It's gone on too long. And I'm telling you, if they go another four or five weeks – and they still haven't figured this out, you're going to start hearing me say, Cleveland, just get rid of it. Uh, trade Odell, move on. Let's move on with your team. You'll probably get something pretty noteworthy off of still trading him. Because he's still, I'll say this about Odell when I watched him, just physically, he looks good. He can separate. Yeah. He, he did separate. Uh, it, it's odd, man. I don't they know what do to say. One of those trades where they trade a stud wide receiver in Odell. Yeah. For a stud defensive player, because they got a ton of injuries on defense. Yes, they do. They got a ton of injuries mm-hmm. on defense. Um, do that. Do like a. We don't, we never see it in the NFL. No. One for one, stud for stud. If some team has a surplus on defense, I don't know. Maybe I'll got. I'll go back and try to brew up some Odell trades. They well, yeah, they might. They. I mean, uh, yeah, I. I'm, you think it's more likely that they'll be one and four and just be like, all right, we'll gosh. Play, play for twenty twenty one now. I. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked. I don't know what to expect with this football team. I don't. I don't. I do want them just to go back to, like, let's just run the ball, run play-action passes, keep it really simple. Yeah. Uh, the offense, like, I, I like Stefanski's offense more than Kubiak. There's enough there to make it all happen. I have no issues, really, overall, other than I wish they just ran the ball more. And I had another point I wanted to make about Baker, and this is why I, I don't know why I didn't write it down. I'm shocked I didn't write it down. But there was something else I was going to say, and I forgot. Do this. Yeah. Do this. If you th- go, go home. Yeah. If you think about it. Yeah. Tweet it oh. from your Twitter account huh. that often I get tweets from it all the time. Yes. And I don't know that they're, if they're from you or there not. A lot of them are from me. Okay, so good. So asshole. tweet it from your yeah. voice yeah. and your right. fingers. And if they're not there. from me. Yeah. It's, stu- it's stuff you've said. Well, it's stuff I've said yeah. or it's something Pete has heard me say. Right. And now he's checking on Twitter. Yeah. And then he'll send me the tweet he's about to send. He screenshots it and he goes, hey. I was going to send this out because you've been getting quite – and I yeah. go, good job, Pete. And you go, uh, I wouldn't spell that word right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> spell that wrong, and then we'll be right on. <laughs> so change that, and now we're good. Uh, uh, all right, yeah, We go got ahead. one more game, unless you want to talk about the Ravens. No, all, no, yeah. we talked about the Ravens offense. We saw that. Defense is, you know, they're, they're still a special group. I was surprised with how they got pushed around a little bit. No. I was. I did not expect them to be pushed around that way. Um, but I also – you know, it's week one. Okay. And that's, a, I think, a pretty talented offensive line there in Cleveland. I think it can so sneak up on okay, some people. Got it. Okay, yeah. so Bears and Lions, last one. This was all Lions. Why do you make me relive this one? I'm sorry. Of all games that we could have picked. Blame Bears me. came back in the fourth quarter. Mitchell yep. Trubisky, three touchdown passes. And I saw this. You know, next-gen tight window passes. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky is the first quarterback since they've been recording this stuff. That's five years now. Right. That has completed three fourth quarter touchdowns all into tight windows. So they're all guarded by uh, a yard or less. Yeah. Which I thought was interesting because I made the point on Monday that the Lions had some injuries in the secondary. And so, you know, maybe there were some gimme yeah. throws. He still had to put him in there because the Lions at least were still there even if they didn't make it. Yeah. Play. He saved his best for last. I mean,. The game fell right for them there in the fourth quarter where 
you know, between the long missed field goal and the turnover by Stafford, that gave them two short fields. Yeah. And they had this long drive at the end of the third quarter that went into the fourth quarter to get that first touchdown, right, to make it 23-13 to 13 at that time. But um, the three touchdown passes were all impressive. You know, one was what? The J- Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Graham, Graham back shoulder, right, mm-hmm. which is a great asset to have. I mean, gosh, you got Jimmy Graham – and Allen Robinson on either side for that situation when you're, you know, first and goal from the four or anything like that, where they're great jump ball receivers. Then he had this, the sprint out to the left where it was very tight, and he throws the out route in the back of the end zone. And I can't remember who caught that. That might have been uh, – that Wims? Or was yeah, that, that was Wims. Yeah, that was Wims. Wims, right. And then the last one was the slot fade to Anthony Miller for the game-winning touchdown. And they were all great throws. Now, you already brought up a little bit. You know, was Trubisky good? There was some moments of some real good throws. Were there some moments of, like, oh, I mean, first of all, he fumbled in the fourth quarter at one point. It was almost a disaster. Did he – he's still inaccurate with the ball, and the ball comes out of his hand weirdly too much. I mean, you can see it on film. There's too many balls that flutter where I go, man, pocket's clean, guy's open. Like, what? How can the ball flutter like that? And how can you miss Ted Ginn – on a third down, on a 20-yard in-cut, and throw it six yards behind him. I, I just don't even know how that happens to him sometimes. Because I see enough good throws to go, fuck, that was, yeah. put that on the money. That was, like, high level. But there are just some quarterbacks like that. No, I know right? there is. There is. And I don't know if he's ever going to get it straightened out. I don't know if I can necessarily sit here and go, oh, this game makes me feel better. I'm happy for him. I think their offense is going to be better. I do think that Matt Nagy, just from the overall look of Chicago – is trying to instill some toughness in his team. Another team that went to a lot of three tight end sets. Mm. Jimmy Graham, Cole Komet, their second round pick. And I'm going to have to pull up the roster to remember who that third guy <laughs> is. But either way, yeah. they were on the field, which, again, I think, you know, let's just impose our will. Let's pull some guards. Let's get bodies on bodies. Let's let Montgomery and Tariq Cohen and Cordero Patterson at running back yeah. kind of work a little bit. I like that. I'm, I'm cool with that. I think that was good. Well, pro football focus liked what they saw because they gave Ooh, okay, go Miller ahead. the number two grade yeah. for a wide receiver All right. in week one of the NFL. David Montgomery, they gave the top grade. So they liked what they saw from a couple Who of Who they give the top guys. grade there? David Montgomery. Yeah, okay. Okay, yeah. I mean, he, he had some good runs, certainly. I mean, caveat versus the Lions. You always got to throw that in there. Well, it doesn't stuff. matter. I Defense don't care. Defense is supposed to be okay. Yeah, there's some Detroit. big bodies in there in Detroit. And Matt Patricia, he's, you know, capable of doing some stuff on a weekly basis where you go, oh, we weren't prepared for that. Or they threw a wrinkle at us that we weren't ready for. Demetrius Harris was the other tight end. Got it. So you got three guys there, you know, who can all catch the ball at the tight end position. Jimmy Graham, by far the worst out of the run blocking. But I think that adds something to their offense. I like that. That was something new for this year that I saw that I didn't see a lot last year. So there's that aspect of it. And then they had a sh- they got, when they get in the shotgun, they got into some Andy Reid more here. Oh, here goes Tariq Cohen this way. Oh, wait, he stopped and went back that way. Like we just talked about a few minutes ago. Yeah. I saw that. That's a good blend. So I was encouraged by Matt Nagy in the offense. I'll say that. And I do think he's trying, like I said, to instill the attitude a little bit of, like, let's run the ball. I saw a few more play-action passes, a few different formations because of the three tight end sets. And I think that will give them somewhat of an advantage as we go, uh, go forward here. Okay, so I should have asked you this in the beginning of the year once we found out that Mitchell Trubisky 
was going to be the starting quarterback. Yeah. I should have said over-under on when Nick Foles comes in to replace him. Yeah. Uh, after seeing this week one game, what do you put the over-under at? Mm. If you're Las Vegas, what week are you putting the over-under at? Right now, I'm going to put it at, because this is going to buy him a few weeks nonetheless. Like, even if he plays like crap for the next two weeks, this game will still be a, well, he did that in the fourth quarter. Yeah. I'm going to say six. So you still think, you didn't see enough from this game in the first three quarters to give you comfort that he's going to be able to hold down the job for the full season. Not yet. I'd like to see it one more time, maybe two more times. You know, between that, you know, um, the fumble, very averted disaster. He threw a ball to Allen Robinson on a third down that was right in Tavon Austin, not Tavon Austin, uh, one of the safeties for Detroit, the guy that came from New England. Uh, I'm going to have it. I got it right here. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. No, not Justin Coleman. This one. Damn it. Who the hell was it? I'm wrong here. Okay, either way, screw it. He, he threw a ball into tight coverage, like three people around Robinson. Arman? To Allen Robinson. Oh. And he's got it. It's like a third and eight. And... He just he doesn't get off it to where I want to go, wait, so here's an under route by Anthony Miller coming off on the outside of it. If he just hits that, he's going to catch it six yards, and he's going to run for another ten yards, and it's going to be a first down. But, you know, just there's times where he does not see the field well. Yeah. And I think that's what concerns me. And then we talk about throws that should be hit that just get away from him. That happens too much. And the other thing that excited me was seeing Tariq Cohn and Montgomery on the, ga- on the field at the same time too. Mm. That's another cool personnel set. So I think Matt Nagy self-scouted thyself in the offseason a little bit, and he's realized there were some flaws there, and I think they're, they're working on it. He goes, maybe Mitchell Trubisky is not the quarterback I wanted, but it's the hand I've been dealt, and i got to make it work somehow. Yeah. Right? And he right. got creative. That's right. Number one. Uh, so they'll, they'll hopefully, for them, keep things going. I know they'll – have Chris Sims rooting against him, though, against the Giants here in week number two. Definitely. So he'll be rooting against I'm uh, for the Giants. Mitchell there. Uh, no in doubt. His second game of the yeah, season. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see where that goes there. Like I said, I like the offensive wrinkles. I think that's going in the right direction. I can't sit here and tell you that I'm sold on Trubisky. Is going to make it through the whole year yet. Not yet. I'm and not ready give to me there. one positive thing about the Lions. They, they covered better than I expected them to. Okay. I mean, they, they, there was... With multiple injuries. With multiple, Ruffant that's what I mean. Out, Coleman went I out. thought you might see some Akuda people just play. flying wide open. But, you know, again, I think that's also, though, little indicative of still Matt Nagy needs to expand. And there's a little bit of a predictability with some of the formations and the routes he runs out of those. Yeah. Uh, because there's just too many times where I see average man-to-man cover guys having a pretty good feel for where the receiver is going to go. Like, it's like somebody told him, hey, when they're in this set and he's in this split, he never breaks outside. Mm -hmm. And they're playing man, and it's like before the guy breaks, he's already breaking inside before the guy is. Okay. Those are little things that just good. So the one good thing you gave me about the Lions was actually a negative. Well, I mean, fucking A. The missed field goal and the stupid interception itself, I mean, that lost in the game. That's it. And, Matt, you know, I'm not trying to, to get mad at Matt Patricia for the missed field, it's a really tough decision. I mean, what do you do there? I'm yeah. asking you. Like, what do you do? You know, you're up. You're up. What, what was it at that time? 23 to yeah. 13. So he's trying to make it a two-touchdown game. I think it's a coin flip. It's I think a coin it's flip, right? Yeah. Right? 
And you hope whatever way you, co- you flip the coin that it works out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think so. I, I think so, too. I mean, I guess the other thing you think of is just you go, man, the Bears' offense, not that great. It is Trubisky. Maybe we just punt them down in there and make them go the distance to the yeah. field. I but, like being aggressive. But going but, up two touchdowns yeah. with, again, one of the better 50-plus yard kickers in the history of football and Prater. I, I get it. I can't be mad at that. Um, okay, so that is your deep dive into all five of those games. Yep. Before we go... We teased it last yeah. podcast, and yeah. so we have to pay it off. That's what you call it. You call paying it off is when you've teased something. It is time for the first ever, we've never done this before, top pick power rankings. Dun, 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 dun. Um, so what this is, is this is the uh, top five teams or who, are, who I think are in a really good position to get that number one pick. And this is something you want to be, be considered for. This is a positive. If, especially I'm if you need a quarterback. If you need a quarterback. Yes. So that was what I was going to ask you. You think, at least right now, it is a slam dunk who that number one pick will be. As long as that team needs a quarterback, right, whoever falls to that number one draft yeah. pick. But if they don't, they'll probably trade out of it. They probably will, yeah. and this guy will probably be enough of a commodity that somebody will trade up to get. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence is going to be the number one pick of the draft. I don't need to see any more film. I don't give a shit if he just goes and sits in the Shays Lounge here for the rest of the year. <laughs> He's the number one pick of the draft. He has everything, and to me – and again, I know Ohio State hasn't started playing. I mean, he is leaps and bounds ahead of Justin Fields or the kid that's at North Dakota State, who everybody talks about as being the other first-round type quarterbacks. Yeah. This kid has got the mental makeup. He's got extreme physical ability. I mean, extreme. He has an unreal arm. And I take that, too, not only because of what I see, but people I trust who have seen him in person and, like, yeah. I go, what's Trevor Lawrence? Oh, he can throw it however you want it to. Yeah. Can he get a strong arm? He can throw it as hard as you want him to. <laughs> and it's okay. Yeah. When I have the people I trust that say stuff like that to me, that means like they go, the guy's fucking like for real can throw it. And when you run for 50-yard touchdowns against teams like Ohio State and LSU, then you can run yeah. because they got NFL guys all over the field chasing you down. All right, so maybe we'll call him the Trevor Lawrence Power Rankings. I think that's what it should be. Okay, uh, yeah. Trevor Lawrence Power Rankings, uh, Trey Lance. Pete, Trey Lance and North Dakota the State. The North yep, Dakota there State we go. Quarterback. All right, so uh, the Trevor Lawrence power rankings here. Number five, disappointing drop for this team. The Jaguars have dropped down to, to number five. Okay. It's a, it was a disappointing performance for yeah. them, really. I mean, wow. it should have been much higher. You're going to be pissed people off by putting them in the bottom five. It's almost like they, uh, they might have a quarterback in Gardner Minshew. Troubling yeah. signs yeah. in Jacksonville. So they dropped to five. How dare they? Bengals dropped as well. Uh, they dropped to four. They don't need Trevor Lawrence. They don't need Trevor Lawrence, but they'd have the right to trade to a team that right. needs Trevor and Lawrence. And help the rest of their team. Um, but troubling. You know, yeah. the fact that they stayed in a game with a team with as talented of roster is the Chargers. Yeah. What are they bad. doing? Jeez, get your priorities straight. So they're Cincinnati. four now. So both those teams have dropped down. They yeah. need to show me something week two if they want to move up. Right. They need I'm to a shit little the concerned. bed more is what you're saying. So the top three is where they, they showed some promise. Yeah. They really, uh, number three is Lions. Yeah. They're putting the Lions there. That was good. That was vintage Lions, but the fact that they were able to blow that significant of a lead to Mitch Trubisky, that's talented. And so not, not just any team can do that, so I had to put them at number three. Good for you. Uh, number two, yeah. the Browns. Yeah. I mean, that's showing again. It was the Ravens, but the fact that it was that lopsided and Baker didn't look good, yeah. that was strong. Yeah, that's that. strong. That was, that's strong. That was scary. And, and knowing Cleveland yeah. and the kind of front office they have and ownership they have, they'll like that number one pick. They'll take it. Oh, definitely. Know? It's either playoff 
or number one, one pick. <laughs> you know, it's like, don't, no let's not between. do this middle, you know, yeah, let's not get caught picking 10. Right. We want the number one pick or we want to be a playoff team. So they'll like that. They're number okay. two. But the number one team in the first Trevor Lawrence power rankings, the New York Jets. Whoa. The New York Jets. Uh, even though that game was, you know, looked close to the Bills, 27-17. It was not. It was not that no, close. Not. And that defense is not good. No. And offensively, now, no Le'Veon Bell, who knows, and Sam Darnold didn't look great, and they can't protect him, they can't give him any time, and no. so it's making it impossible for him. Um, so that, that was strong. Yeah. That was the strongest performance of any team in my top pick power ranking, so they're number one. Yeah, okay. I, I got no problem with that. I can get that. You're right. That game was way more lopsided than the score like showed. I mean, the, the Bills, yeah. they found ways to keep them in the game. And then it was, what, 27-10? It might have even been worse than that at one point. Yeah. And it became kind of uh, cheap cheap time for, for the, the New York yeah, Jets. It was like right? 21, like three straight touchdowns real quick for the Bills. Yeah. 21 like nothing. Yeah, they had 21-3, 21 nothing, 21-3. They were up uh, 27 to 10, and that's when the Jets scored late to, to get a touchdown. The so interesting yeah. thing about your Trevor top five, though, is, I mean, three of those teams have quarterbacks. Well, you know? do they? I don't know. Two Staff of them, number one I don't picks. know. Burrow, we know, is safe. Burrow's Burrow safe. is safe. One is. Right. Sam Jaguars. Darnold, Baker Mayfield. I don't know. We'll I see. We're going to have to look at your play out. I think Sam Darnold should be safe no matter what. I do. I said this the other day on radio to somebody. Yeah, I'm a little concerned with Baker Mayfield. I can't lie. I really can't. I got I to see where this goes. You know, the one thing I'll say between, especially like those guys in that draft, what is Baker, and Pete's probably heard me say this, what does Baker Mayfield do that's elite? What is it? Like, I know what Josh Allen does elite. I know what Lamar Jackson does elite. Even Sam Darnold. He's an elite intermediate thrower, like manipulator of the pocket. If anybody's open 15 or below, he's going to bullseye it every time. He's got a quick release. He's great that way. He does that at an elite level. Now, there's other things I'd like to see him be better at, but with Baker, what is it? Like, what is it that stands out to his game that when you think of Baker, what is it? You know what I mean? Personality. Right. (laughs) I think that's what it is for a lot of people. It seems like he's got a great leadership quality and got some personality. There's a lot of good in this game, but I just don't know where I see that elite area. And that, to me, is something I'm going to kind of keep watching because I see sometimes elite throws, but then I see two or three throws in a row where I go, ball's out of his hand, kind of funny, and it's not accurate. You know, I see some great decisions, and then I go, I mean, what the fuck? That's like a rookie decision. How do you yeah. do that? So I just, I just don't know what to think of him right now. Yeah, especially if he doesn't hold the job for yeah. the whole year. Well, right? yeah, if he doesn't do that, that, then yeah, yeah, all bets yeah. are off. yeah. Uh, congratulations to the Jets. Strong, strong performance. Way to go, Jets. Way Number to go. One. We'll see where they go this we'll week. You know, one that. other thing I noticed from this week watching film? Yeah. And I know we didn't talk about it. We didn't talk. Defenses were very underwhelming. There was not a lot of creativity like, ooh, got Chris Sims excited to watch this, other than a few. Hmm. The Ravens would be one of them, right? The, but even for them, I think they even were like, okay, it's week one. We don't know what to expect here. Let's not be too crazy. Cardinals sounded like from what Cardinals you did some different them. things yeah. too. Certainly game planning, just the right way to approach the 49ers. Just didn't see a lot of his exotic type stuff, right? I think we'll see that as we go here, as defenses get to play a little bit more. You get to start to see the other offenses and what they're doing on film, so they'll know like when to take a chance, when to do something crazy. Uh, but I think for the most part, that's why we saw. The good teams that stayed with their offense and the quarterback and the offensive coordinator all together, 
I think that's why you saw, for the most part, those teams win football games this week. Pete wants to know he's pissed that the uh, Giants did not make it into my top pick power rankings. He thought they were deserving, but not not quite yet. They were they were they were close. <laughs> they were close. The Giants put up a great showing. Yeah, uh, I thought they looked good. Man, you know, from what I saw that one, I thought Daniel Jones looked good. Yes. Slayton looked really good. Like, yes. that could be a special connection between can. those two. Definitely can. Daniel Jones has elite talent. He does. Uh, and if he's leading them down for a 99-yard drive, if he doesn't, you know lose track of where Bud Dupree is as he's scrambling to the left yeah. and they get hit as he throws and it gets intercepted, and they're going to have a chance maybe to score a touchdown there and go up 17-16, to 16, and who knows where that game Against goes. Against a really good defense. Really maybe good defense. Maybe one of the top three in the league. Definitely. So, yeah. 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 So Pete, we'll see where that goes. Don't be, don't be depressed. Don't be mad, Pete. We don't need Trevor Lawrence, they're nowhere Pete. Nowhere near. They're nowhere we don't need. near. We got DJNY, baby. DJNY. Uh, so you got your picks coming up? Got picks tomorrow, tomorrow with Florio. I dominated him. You I did really know. well. I know. All I know is we disagreed on four games, and I swept his ass. So okay. I'm, I'm on a man on a mission in the picks this year. Last year was not acceptable. Yeah. I will be... I'm going to be a force to be reckoned with now. You were angry. You were angry. Yeah, I, I was angry. Not acceptable. When you saw the numbers, I don't think you knew. Did you totally know how bad it was until you kind of looked at it? Yeah, with- I knew I was losing the whole year. Florio yeah. wasn't that much better, but it was just better than me. So that kind of made me feel good about <laughs> myself, like where I always had a chance. All right, so we'll see where it goes. But, yes, Thursday Picks Podcast. That'd be Chris Sims on Button, PFTPM, Collaboration. You the man, as always. Bam. And, um... When will we see you again? Next week sometime? Monday I got soccer. Oh, uh, here we go. League, I know. Freaking soccer. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we'll see you when we That's see so you. I got Bobby Tour de France uh, this weekend. Oh, good job. I'm a man of many sports. You are. You are so talented, <laughs> man. You are. So good looking, too. All right. Peace out. Chris Sims, Ahmed Farid. Thanks for listening. We'll hit you up next week. Clap it up. Yes. Yes. <laughs>the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com/activecash. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.